Hello and welcome to a hundred steps to drag the podcast where I sit with different drag artists and ask them how did we get to this point in your drag career. My name is Natasha Hundreds and now today I have another guest outside of California. She is amazing, a cosplayer, drag mother, extraordinaire. Please welcome Medusa Chaos. Hello, hello, how are you? I'm doing good. It's the middle of the day, taking a break from work or whatever. Fun, fun. Day job stuff, you know? Pays the bills <laughs> for I now. I mean, hey, listen, that's all that matters as long as you're getting that good old fat paycheck at the end of the week. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, oh, this job sucks. And then I see my paycheck and I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I can keep doing this. It's fine. It's fine, I guess. <laughs> Do you have another job besides drag? I do, I do. So drag has honestly kind of become my full-time for a little bit, but I do like my part-time job is that I work retail at Bed Bath & Beyond. It's a nice job. It's the job I started with when I started like performing and everything. So I just kind of keep it around for just extra security because you can't ever be too sure with drag, honestly. Is it true, especially with the pandemic, it showed us that the first thing that is going to get the chop if something like that happens again is nightlife and entertainment, which is super scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally, like, so many of my friends who were doing drag just full time by themselves, like, had to get jobs and, like, they're still working those jobs because they're, like, so afraid that it's gonna happen again i mean honestly like that's the only reason i keep mine around like let's say i don't have enough gigs this month i'll still have enough money to pay rent you know it's scary (laughs) it is scary oh my goodness but you live in south carolina right now how is the drag scene over there so it's good it's good it's honestly like it's a little tight-knit we have our quarrels we have our beef but i mean that's every drag scene it's a little hidden gem that nobody really discovers until you're in that like circle and meet those people honestly none of us in south carolina have been on drag race unless it was like cornbread was from columbia but none of us have been on and we still work in the scenes here so it's a little hidden gem that people really sleep on and i mean that also could be us just not being great at social media (laughs) so where i live we really only have like two gay bars and then wherever else wants to host their own drag show just kind of happens other than that it's pretty cute it's pretty cute i think that also has to do with like you said the limited amount of venues where you can host a drag show because let's be honest i appreciate when restaurants want to have a drag show there but sometimes they're not prepared to have a drag show there like the amount of times that oh this is a dressing room and it's a two by two broom closet where you have to fit you know three drag queens it's it's insane so maybe that's also one of the one of the factors yeah luckily we've been getting like picky with these restaurants where we're like hey we need this amount of space or like we need at least like at least a five by five you know yes i mean it just really depends because a lot of our venues down here are like live music venues already so they have places designated but i don't think they realize the caliber of just random shit we bring (laughs) yeah the Uh, amount of stuff that we need to do our craft how long have you been doing drag So I've been, like, performing and, like, actually active in my scene probably about, like, three and a half going on four years. But, like, I've been doing makeup probably, I'd say probably close to, like, seven, eight years. Because I first started doing, like, boy cosplay. And some of that stuff is really close to just, like, male entertainment in general. So if we want to count that, I've been doing it a long time. But 
I just like to keep playing so we'll be like, it's going on four years. <laughs> no, it's true because uh, cosplay and drag really go hand by hand. That is basically drag, mama. You know, a lot of cosplayers don't want to admit it, but you're in drag. You're in full English. <laughs> literally, it's like I'm putting on a full face of makeup either way to go out there, walk a convention floor and like feel my oats. So it's drag. <laughs> yeah, it's very drag. How was your first time performing? It was better than I thought it was going to be a few years ago. Like, I I performed on a Broadway night. I had been going to shows for God knows how long beforehand, for like a few months. And then I was like, you keep coming out in drag. You might as well spotlight. So we're just going to go ahead and put you on for this night. And I was like, okay, I'm not ready. And they're like, no, you're ready. You're ready. And I just kind of went out there and I, I did... Mother Knows Best from Disney, even though it's not Broadway, but they let me do it anyway. It was good. Like, I had people there who came to see me, like, all my friends and stuff. Could it have been better of me looking at that now? Yes. But I mean, that's what growth is. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, no. all you need is that push, you know, because in my mind, when I thought about my my first time, I don't think I was ready either. But I'm like, okay, I'm just going to force myself to do this. And whatever happens, happens. Because again, we were talking about this before we started recording that I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to my drag. So a lot of the times I want things to be perfect. And a lot of the times they're not. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, that that's really the tea. Where I want everything to go according to plan. I want every rhinestone place. With drag, you, you can be a perfectionist, but you have to realize that like, it's not going to be perfect every time, which is fine. I mean, listen, what I've kind of told myself is like, you can get it as perfect as it's going to be. You're going to know more than the audience will. Exactly. You know? They're probably not going to notice if, you know, the details are not quite there. And also something that my drag mom actually told me is that, for example, before I used to make such a huge deal if I was wearing like one color earring and then a different color bracelet. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't go on stage like this. Or if my tights had like a little hole, I was like, no, this is going to be horrible. And she was like, listen, if they notice that little detail, that means that you're not doing your job and that you're not entertaining them. And I'm like, okay, she's Precise. right. I mean, shit, that's what my drag mom even told me. Little Miss Paris LaFerre. She's like, girl, listen, if they notice that one part of your earring fell off, just walk faster. Just walk faster. <laughs> Literally. Just and move your arms is, a little more. The part of my earring fell off. The part of my earring fell off, but then got stuck to my costume right here and was hanging. And I was like, great. <laughs> great. They're going to notice that. I'd rather just fall off. Have you had any embarrassing moments while performing? Baby. The first one that comes to mind was literally, I think it was almost a year ago to the day, I was performing at our Pride Prison party here. And I was fully out there, like, I was doing my Agatha cosplay since WandaVision was, like, super popular at the time, and it was beginning of October. And nobody told me about this big-ass wet spot that was on the ground of this, like, I think it was, like, a marble floor or something. And, baby, when I tell you, I slipped right into this drink. <laughs> right into oh, this no. drink that was underneath the spotlight, you know? I'm not a girl that does dips, tricks, or splits, but everyone thought I did. But it, then it was me on the ground going am I okay? Like, I was looking <laughs> up and then grabbing the ground around me being like, where, where am I at? And then that's where I met one of my drag daughters. So <laughs> it works out. There have been so many times that I've been embarrassed, but I've just realized that you have to just laugh it off. The audience is going to laugh with you, so or laugh at you, so you might as well laugh with them. I have such bad knees, so I've wrecked my knees, like, on stage, like, twice by just doing stupid things. Like, I've slipped on the ice cube wrecked my knee and then I stepped off of a one inch stage 
and then Rafaini <laughs> again earlier this year. So I'm a girl that apparently likes to fall every few months. You and know, that's okay. You I know what? Post- I, it's funny because I always say that I am 31, but my knees are actually 57. Because that's how we I feel. Like they betray me every so often. I'm like, girls, not this, not now, please, please. And people say that everything happens for a reason. You know, you said you fell and that's how you met your drag daughter. How many daughters do you have right now? Let's see. Let's count all of them. So I have four drag daughters and one son. So she's been busy. So she's been popping children. Three of them are local. And then the other two, um, one of them lives in LA and the other one lives in Orlando. The other ones are in Charleston. So I have start in birth order, I guess. We have Eros. He's a local drag king um, who does drag occasionally. You know, I love him. I've met him through cosplay. Miss Casey Stars, who lives in LA, I believe she's in LA still. And I met her during the pandemic and her and I kind of got close. And Miss V, she lives in Orlando and... She is amazing, very talented. Um, met her over the pandemic as well. And then the one I met when I fell, her name's Miss Honeydew, and I now live with her. So that's great. <laughs> you see, everything Actually, happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And then the newest girl to the house, Miss Susu Serenity. She's a local trusted girl as well. They're all stunning. Listen, the House of Chaos is just big. <laughs> Booked and blessed, you know? <laughs> Girl, I believe you because none of you guys can see this, but Medusa is beating her face as we speak. And I'm I'm living. I'm like taking tips. I'm like, oh, she's doing that now. <laughs> no. That's funny. It is a big house. I think it was Honeydew, the one that tagged you in one of my TikToks. And that's how I got to meet you. I don't know what, what the audio was, but it said something like, oh, when I don't call my drag mom back and she's making a scene or something like that. And she was like, yep, this is her. And I'm like, you yes. know what? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that because I think that had literally happened a few nights before. Listen, drag houses are lovely. I really couldn't do it without. He's my best friend. I call He's the father of the House of Chaos. His name is Jeremy or he goes by DJ Bookworm or the one time we put him in drag, Kindle Fire. And honestly, like handling these daughters is a lot and I really couldn't do it without him. So shout out to him. You in a big, big drag house or... What's the it, tea? It's kind of medium, I would say. So it's called the House of B. The mother is Nomi B. I think it's kind of medium. So it's myself. And it's then Joe Lopez, Paradisa Lahore, Moonshine, and Cam. And those are the Ooh. drag queens. So the house kind of like extends also to our friends. They don't do drag, but they kind of help us out or they're just yeah. there for our shows. Now that you mention it, it is a big house. <laughs> Drag is just so wild and how it can bring people together, honestly. I always tell, like, my drag kids, too. I'm like, listen, this is not just drag. So, like, if you have something where it's, like, a personal thing and you need to come to somebody, like, I'm right here, you know? Exactly. And I feel like I've said this before on the podcast, but to be in a drag family, you have to kind of be friends with the person, you know? A lot of the times people think, it's just drag, put me in drag or whatever. But I need to have a connection with you one because again it's like a chosen family it's really like if something happens i will probably go to you or vice versa and also because if you're gonna be my daughter or son i need to have that trust to give you honest feedback and be like hey baby that was not the tea what you did out there without you taking it personal you know what i'm saying 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like, I always tell my daughters everything where I'm like, listen, it's no hard feelings, but like, I still have to have that connection with you to be like, hey, let's, let's do this or let's go about it this way. You know, do you have any drag daughters of your own? I do not yet. I don't want to ruin my body with a child. Imagine. <laughs> I mean, listen, that, that's how I got my birthing hips, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't gotten any yet. I have foster drag kids on TikTok. I consider everyone that uses my videos to be like my foster drag child. And whenever they comment, oh, be my drag mom. And I'm like, I can be your foster drag mom. Let's let's say that. But not I yet. Really. I have not. I have someone in mind, but they are kind of like still cooking their drag. They don't feel ready yet, which is valid. I don't want to yeah. push them until they feel like they're ready. So I'm like, okay, let's wait and see. Right. You can't rush perfection. When I met Honeydew, I didn't have any expectations for them to be my daughter. But it was just one of those things where I was like, let me go recruit for my home bar. And I was like, hey, there's this bar that exists that I work at. Um, blah, 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 blah. And then we started following each other on Instagram and everything. And then it was just one of those like, hey, I'm going out to the bar tonight. If you would like to join me and like figure out what you want to do. And then just our friendship grew from there. And it turned into just, oh, I guess I'm your mom. (laughs) (laughs) It's official now. Just sign here and here. Yeah, sign right here. Um, Right here is where your life is signed away. Because she literally texted me the other day. She's like, well, guess it's one year of me being your daughter. And I was like, yeah, one year of you entering hell. <laughs> oh my god. Entering <laughs> chaos, literally. Oh. Joe has a daughter, and I was asking Joe the other day, like, how did it happen? And she said, well, we're friends, and uh, that person just started calling me mom, and calling me mom, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, you are my mom. So I was like, okay, that's different, but I guess it works since they were already friends. Yeah, that's pretty much just how it starts. My friend Jeremy, like, I literally always, like, I joked with him for the longest time. I was like, yeah, honey, dude's your daughter. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is your fault. It's your fault this happened. I laid an egg and she hatched. He's like, no, like, that's not my daughter for, like, the longest time. And then eventually it just slipped one night where he was like, oh, hey, daughter. And I was just like, ah. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. she's your daughter. So now she's your daughter. Now out of nowhere you decided. He's like, no. And I'm like, no, you said it. Wow, Jeremy. Wow, Jeremy. Wow. And you were talking about your house having a couple of shows right now that they're producing. That's why you have a photo shoot. What's cooking? My house is included in all these. So right now, we just did our Broadway baby production at Hive um, with Carmela Monet Monroe. It's her show and Honeydew and I are both on main cast there. So we're there every month doing like production numbers and everything. But we just did the whole production of Six, the musical, and it was really successful. We spent like two months rehearsing, learning choreo. We just thought it was going to be like a one night thing. And then we were like, no, we should like tour with this. And we were just like joking and talking about it. And then Gouda has her own show in Columbia, which is two hours away from us. And she was like, I mean, I have a Wednesday to fill before Pride. And we're like, okay. So we did it. And then we've just been like talking to other venues. It's a whole production. Yeah, it's a whole production that we're taking to different bars that we have to re-choreograph for while still building our next production for the end of October for Broadway Baby. So it's really, it's it's a lot, but we're going to get it done. (laughs) Yes, honey. And it's worth it at the end of the day. You know, once you are done with all your dates and you sit back and watch the videos and you're like, oh my gosh, this was so much fun to put together. 
oh yeah like i i haven't stopped watching the videos from when we did six like i'll even be at other shows doing the choreo for my other numbers <laughs> like yeah. it's to that point but it's so much fun just getting to spend time with everybody involved in six Get, being able to go on the tour with everybody is just it's gonna be so much fun to just be in that car with everybody and we're all just kikiing. Like we all we all went to Six Flags before the show. How convenient. Six at Six Flags. And hey. it was just like it was such a fun time where we all just kind of get to bond together and like it's kind of like its own drag family in a sense. Just with like our cast and stuff. Other than that, I'd say like the other shows we have are just any like local shows and this and that. I'd say the House of Chaos has a lot of we have a lot of potential, a lot of bookings, and just we're staying busy, which is great for everybody involved. But I don't get to see everybody as much, which sucks. But it's fine. I love staying busy. Yeah. I can't have slow days, which I I should. But I don't know. I just feel like when I have slow days, I don't know. I, I drag things. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, uh. But if I have a shit ton of things to do, like today, I had my boy job. I had. A, this recording and then i have to go to the doctor around 4 30 so that's a, those are the kind of days that i live for i'm like okay let's stay busy let don't give my brain any any breaks <laughs> right it's like a bam 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 last week i um i took like all of last week off just for like pageant prep for a pageant that i actually dropped out of just because i wasn't able to get everything done in time but I like took last week off and I was like, you know what? I just get to relax. And it was so weird because I was trying to keep myself busy with everything. I mean, of course, I still had like bookings and stuff, but it's just so weird to not be able to like be just constantly on the go. I mean, I hate that I've turned myself into a workaholic, but you know, here we are. We have to get this photo shoot done so we can get our stuff out. And I'm like, I reminded everybody the other day. I'm like, hey, by the way, we have to do this. So I've been promoted to like the tour manager. So that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. But it's also so much more work on top of what you already got going on. It's okay, <laughs> baby. I believe in you. You got this. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would you want people to remember you for? That's a hard question. Like when you sent me the prompt of the questions, like that was something that I just like still sat on for the longest time. I hate suddenly I'm tooting my horn, but I'm going to. My makeup skills in my face. Like, I feel like I have a distinctive face that, like, some... It has attributes of other people's, but it's not, like... Like, when you look at my face, it's not one of those things where, oh, it's that plain. Like, no, yeah, I may have Trixie's kind of cut cheeks, and my eyes are just kind of got Mickey, but, like, it's not a distinct face that you could put on somebody else. But when you put it on somebody else, like, that's what keeps it, you know? And we'll figure out what else I'll be remembered by in the future, you know? Yes, you don't have to know everything What would you say for yourself, though? For myself? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I think that for building a sense of community, that's what I've been loving about TikTok. That's what I've been loving about the few episodes that are now out from the podcast, that people kind of feel a sense of community and that they can come together and learn stuff. I just want to bring people together. I love that. I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. Honestly, I kind of agree with that. I'm going to add that on to my answer because, like, I have this show here called Medusa's Dragified um, Show Survival Guide. And it's the one place in Charleston that gets to showcase newer entertainers where they get to come out and just kind of have, like, an open stage night. And we have, like, themes for them, too, just to, like, push their drag and, like, give them that starting point 
because that's kind of how I started. But I, I guess kind of the same where just like I've created a sense of like kind of like a small sistership between the newer queens in Charleston. Yeah, that, that actually makes that makes more sense. Virtual <laughs> <laughs> answer. Thank you. you know. And maybe I should be on a pageant too. <laughs> I was going to say, where, where's, your, where's your pageant title? Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, but now that you mention newer drag entertainers in, in the scene, is it hard to be a new drag queen in Charleston? Or because in LA, it could be a little challenging only because there's so many queens. And again, there's a lot of opportunities and venues and shows to be a part of, but it's always hard to break through and start getting booked on a regular basis. So how is it over there? It has its challenges in trying to figure out like, what you want to do and what the audience wants to see from you because we still are kind of fighting that cookie cutter where it's like people here like no drag needs to be like pageanty and this and that whereas I kind of stepped in the cookie cutter and then started going outside of it and then people in Charleston kind of wanted to see that more so it's being challenged in a way where a lot of more opportunities are being created for every type of entertainer but it's still hard to get booked outside of Dragified, if that makes sense. Like, a lot of my Dragified girls, they are very successful and, like, they've started to get more bookings and more opportunities. And I'm grateful for that because it's what I want them to go out there and do. However, it's just so hard to get booked in certain venues because you have to be a certain way or somebody has to, like, see you perform, which is so hard. There's 50,000 drag shows in Charleston. Which, I mean, we have two venues, but we still have a lot of shows that are just pop-ups. So it's like all the shows that are pop-ups, they usually get people who are like regulars in Charleston, not newer entertainers. So I'd say to start up here, you mostly have to travel to like Columbia and travel to gig. I've told people like you have to take the L on like getting paid if you want to start. I feel like that's just drag everywhere though, like you're not going to make a lot of money off the bat. And I feel like that's what separates the people that actually want to do it versus the people that want to do it for money. Yes. Um, Money doesn't come easy when it comes to drag. And a lot of people think the other way because what RuPaul's Drag Race and they think that, you know, their first gig, they're going to make hundreds of dollars and it's totally not the case. And they get very disappointed. Oh yeah. Like I'm just now getting paid what I, what I think I should be averagely getting paid, but I still think I should be getting paid more. (laughs) Like it's a lot of just like paying your dues, which is one of the most annoying things, but it's a fundamental part of our community. I feel where you have to pay your dues to go farther, which sucks, but that's how you play the game. It does suck. A couple a couple of years back, we had this huge deal over here in SoCal where they were saying like, oh, pay your dues, pay your dues. And it became a thing. Like, yeah, we get that, you know, probably we're not going to get money right off the bat. But like, why are you making new drag entertainers do a tip spot for almost six months to a year before you actually get them to pay, you know, because a lot of show producers slash drag queens over here would do that. So it became such a huge deal, maybe in 2019, I want to say, years ago. And now that you said pay your dues, it brought everything back, all the drama, all the tea, all the Facebook posts. (laughs) I will say like, my show is kind of based on like where it's those tip spots and everything. And like, I always tell the entertainers, I'm like, listen, if you feel like you shouldn't be doing this because it is a tip spot, like, don't do it, you know? Like, I don't ever force them to. 
I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, I have you on a schedule. And if you want to do it and you say you're going to do it, please show up. It just sucks because it's like some of these places don't want to throw out a budget for newer entertainers or they don't want to pay newer entertainers, like period. Which is the part that sucks because like, I want to give them these opportunities and I want to do this and that, but it's like my budget only has so much for shows at pop-up bars or... But it's a start, you know, and it's a platform that you are sharing with other queens so they can get their feet wet so they can hopefully one day get one booked at one of those larger shows i hate that doing drag for exposure is a thing but unfortunately is a thing and unfortunately you have to do it a couple of times to take off i feel like even now there are some times where it's like, like i do free gigs sometimes just to get exposure in different cities or something i mean obviously if i'm already in drag and i show up at a bar and they ask me i want to perform that's a different thing because mm-hmm. that's just like okay cool i'm already here yeah, like there are some gigs where I'm like, we'll do it for free and it's a new city, like that kind of a thing. Same, same. The other day I did also like a like a competition. Again, just for free, for exposure. Hopefully it works. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to, to get noticed. Definitely. Like it's just hard to get a good footing because there's just so much drag nowadays. Like there's tons <laughs> of drag queens, especially after the pandemic. I feel like we multiplied. Yeah. No, that that is a fact. Before, there were opportunities for everybody, whereas now it's like, there's opportunities, you gotta work for them. Mm-hmm. And it's I gonna be like, a little extra hard. No, but it's, it's, it's really just such a challenging time right now. Um, and I feel like, in general, we're kind of going through the process where those queens that popped up during the pandemic are really now being tested whether or not they can stand the test of time or like if they still want to do it you know because i see so many of these newer girls who are like yeah it's just not for me and i'm like i mean that's fair but you gotta remember it's it's not as easy as just throwing a face on and doing this and that i support Um, them because i want them to try it and to give it a shot so at least they can be like okay this is not for me maybe i'll just do drag in my bedroom or maybe i'll just be a makeup artist or whatever but i'm like try it give it a shot you know if you think you have what it takes and if you have the commitment please do it and if you don't you know realize that too that's fine at least you tried it and you had fun no but i always tell people i'm like try doing a tip spot like try going out there and performing like the worst that can happen is you saying you don't want to do it anymore and then we're like, okay, because there have been so many people that have come through my dragified shows where they're just like, either don't respond anymore. Or they just either just, we just end up not seeing them ever again. And I'm like, I mean, hey, like you went out there and you tried and you did something that would put you out of your comfort zone. Like, I mean, not all of us can be on stage, unfortunately. I'd love for that to happen, but. But at least, you know, try it. If you're listening to this, try drag at least once, see how you feel about it. And if you don't like it, that's cool. You know, you can always just be on TikTok, be on Instagram, have a YouTube channel, a podcast, whatever. My thing is like, you can always do drag outside of it. Just don't disrespect your local entertainers for going out there and doing that. Because I've seen my fair share of those. I do love like just the TikTok girlies and the photo shoot girlies and and, like entertainers and everything. But like, don't dog on your local entertainers. that goes the same for local entertainers like i feel like we do dog on some people and like not really respect them at home i always tell people i'm like just give it one shot of going out on a stage 
it goes both ways. Like TikTok girlies don't disrespect the local entertainers and local entertainers don't disrespect the TikTok girlies because both are a lot of work. In one hand, our local queens are making a living out of this, are going out almost every day, getting in drag, going to the bars. And the TikTok game is just as much work. You know, it involves getting in makeup, recording, editing, posting almost every day. So honestly, it's just drag keeps evolving. And I love seeing that, but we have to keep in mind to coexist into the same ecosystem of drag or whatever we want to call it. Coexisting is, it's becoming harder and harder to um, exist in drag sometimes. Just because there is so much, I feel like so many people don't respect other people's types of drag, like at least down here. Like we're just now kind of getting to a point where it's like in Charleston, it's like, oh my God, all entertainers in, in a bar on a Saturday night? Wow. I'm just excited to see where drag's going to be in like five years from now. Yeah, there's a lot of work to do. Even here in Los Angeles, there's weekends where there's maybe like one drag king booked in the whole city or two if we're lucky. Uh, so definitely we need a lot more work when it comes to representation, when it comes to diversity of the cast and everything. But hopefully in, in a couple of years, we'll be better. In Charleston, like we don't have like drag kings. Like we have drag kings that are like two hours away that will like sometimes get down here. But like, it's just, we don't really have like a lot of local kings here at all, which sucks. Cause like, I love my kings and I just, as much as I want to book the ones from out of town, like they have their in-town gigs too. So it's just a matter of trying to get people to be comfortable, I guess, you know? So if you are listening to this and you live in Charleston and you want to be a drag king, contact Miss Medusa. Please do, because I love my kings when they come through. Like, one of my good friends, Ava, um, started doing drag, and, like, they end up doing it for, like, three months. Everyone's like, oh, I want to see Texas Peen back at the Hive. And I'm like, well, unfortunately, Texas Peen is in college right now, so we won't see him for at least three or four months before they come back for their break, which is so sad. Texas Peen is such a good name. I love it. (laughs) Yes, yes. It was such a joke, because I remember us sitting in... um, my car on the way to like some event or something and they're like i want to do drag i'm like well please do please do you don't have kings you'd be really good because they're just not afraid to get stupid with anything which i feel like is a great attribute with drag where it's like just get stupid just don't be serious (laughs) you can be serious but like it's fun to not and they were like how about the name texas peen and i was like that's so stupid but it works (laughs) <laughs> that's so Bloody stupid i love work. it they're so fantastic they do like such a good like they post malone's their favorite artist and they just do it to a t where they have like the tattoos and everything and i'm like this is so ridiculous but all the gays and all the sorority girls live they're fun and like you said it's so much fun to be stupid i love it also you had a podcast right i did um we did it for all star six it was my um one of my good friends francis and i and it's called Girl I Don't Know because I couldn't come up with a name. And Francis was like, we need a name. We need a name. And I was like, well, girl, I don't know. And it stopped. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> and it stopped. It, it's good. Um, we just did like a Drag Race review since Francis doesn't watch Drag Race. However, we've been talking about bringing it back. I just need to find the time to bring it back. Yeah. It's hard. You can, you got this, but you really do have to carve out the time to record and edit. I feel like those two things are the ones that take up the most time. Editing is what's a fucking bitch. Oh my yeah. God. It's about three. Yeah. I mean, it took me about three hours to edit just 
45 minutes of content. I'm like, oh my God, girl, I have to find something or someone that can help me. How has your podcast been doing so far? Like, obviously, you said editing's a bitch. Editing's a bitch. So that's what I'm enjoying the least. But there's so many things that I'm enjoying a lot. Like connecting with people and queens and kings that I wouldn't normally connect if I'm at the gig. Like, I don't know if I would have ever connected with you organically you know i'm not sure if i would be in south carolina anytime soon so i love that we had this chance to connect and talk and kiki and i love that i mean people has been saying good things so i i like that i just feel like i need to get a little bit better about articulating i've been really focused on articulating today so i hope it's paying off because sometimes when i'm editing i'm like girl what the fuck am i saying (laughs) what was that was that english was that spanish what is it so I, I have that. to get better at that. Yeah, that's really like I'm not gonna lie. That's how I am when I host. <laughs> I always just get tongue tied because it's always the end of the night, and I'm sitting there just like, had the had the had the the same, and I just stand audience. I'm like, I'm like y'all didn't hear that. Y'all did not hear that. But you know, I I completely I get it. Yeah, but it's fun and it's been it's been gratifying. So hopefully, I'll just stay consistent and get better and grow. Oh yeah. Listen, growth. <laughs> the word of the day, growth, blow up, like, <laughs> however many more of those acronyms we can put in there. Yeah. It's not even an acronym. You're asking the wrong person here. I am I'm not <laughs> very smart <laughs> in English. In Spanish, I'm very smart, but it, it doesn't translate to English. Fair, fair. I see. I, I can barely understand what I say half the time. So I'm like, if I got on a TV show, I'd feel like I'd be just Cammy Brown part two. <laughs> Candy Muse part two. Oh my God. Yeah, no. When everyone was like, I can't understand what she's saying. I'm like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> There's this scene, I think it's in Untucked, when she was fighting with Tamisha, and she's talking to some girls, you know, on the side, and she's like, and I'm like, whoa, like, what, what is going on? I know you're pissed, but what is it? And that would, right. be, that would be fully me if I got on a TV show. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely one of those people where, like, they're going to have the automatic subtitles under me, and I'm just going to watch it. Like, So that's I what I said. <laughs> yeah that's what i said but that's not what i said but i guess the world knows or thinks that's what i said so medusa what are your goals for drag some short-term goals and maybe your ultimate goal in drag what do you expect to do with your career my goal right now is to i obviously want to be on the television I, i'd like to be on tv i've almost made it one time which I'm lucky I'm so glad I didn't because I would not have been ready but my goal is to literally just like like I want to share my art on tv I want to be like I always constantly fight about whether I want to be on like Dragula or Drag Race like over the past few years and like every time I sign that contract for the Drag Race audition it just gets scarier and scarier just based off of like like all the legal stuff that they can put you through and this and that like I'm not saying it's a bad platform to go on because like everybody that goes on there mostly enjoys their experience and like it's such a great platform to if if you're a drag artist but I would like to be on Dracula I think I'm pretty sure that's where I'm moving my goal to like knowing some of the ghouls off of there and talking to them it's just one of those things where I get a chance to like just kind of see more of an inside perspective so I think think Dragula is my big goal big and small goal 
but overall like what I want to do with my career is just like have a platform for like my art and just do the concepts that I would like to do at a higher scale. I have so many different like ideas and things that I want to do. I just don't have a platform or like the money to execute that, you know? So I feel like I just want to boost my platform and like perform in different venues, places. And I don't know. I just want to showcase my art, I guess. (laughs) And I just also want to build that sense of community where it's like, it's okay to be a little different. It's okay to ride that fine line in between like your weird and cookie cutter, like that kind of a thing. I just want to make people like gag, but also like be happy and shit. I don't know. It's That's such a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I didn't make any sense. No, it did. You want to <laughs> grow even more. The, the word of the day growth you want to keep on growing keep growing that platform keep growing that community it's a lot drag is such a wild thing it is a wild thing but it's so fun like i wouldn't see my life without drag i'm like okay if i wasn't a drag queen what would i do i don't know because i'm not a theater gay i'm not a sporty gay I don't know. Drag is is who I am. It gives me like my personality. It sounds kind of dumb to say, but it does. No, that's completely fair. Like, I mean, obviously, like I've had my thoughts of like what I would do if like drag just completely stopped being an option. In general, like drag is really like what shaped me as a person and like really boosted me to where like I had the confidence to even like leave my goddamn house. Like without drag, I think I would still just kind of be unsure as to like who I am which is really crazy to think because like there have been times where I've struggled and been like I've let drag like consume my life and now I'm like trying to figure out like me out of drag but it's also like that's still in the equation to my identity and who I am I just think in general um like drag is such an important part of me that I don't want to like leave behind if I ever decided to like change career paths or something like I would still have to include drag somehow same at some capacity I don't know maybe like not as as much as I do it right now but if I had to for x or y whatever reason I would need drag in my life agreed like drag is such like an important part of like me just being able to like express myself and my emotions that like even if it's just me, like, sitting here and, like, painting. Because honestly, like, in general, like, if I'm, like, super focused on painting outside of a gig or something, it's more of just, like, a therapy session. It does work like that because during the pandemic, I completely stopped doing drag. It was, like, May 2020 that I did, like, my last virtual gig. And I'm like, you know what? This is not the tea. So I literally put all my drag in the closet. And I'm like, let me just get through this pandemic and we'll figure it out afterwards. And that was honestly depressed i was like what is it i don't know and when i started doing drag again in 2021 that i'm like okay so this is what it was missing that i didn't feel complete or that made me feel so sad yeah like it's such a fun time like i mean and i feel like sometimes you do need that break and that separation from it to fall in love with it again which is something that like i'm not gonna lie like i've struggled with recently where it's like as much as I am so busy and booked and blessed and everything, it's still just one of those things where I have my times where I just sit there. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to get into drag. And I don't want to do like anything with drag because I've turned it into such like a job, which is, I'm so grateful for, obviously. But like, I mean, sometimes I just need to take that step back, even if it's just like three days a week and just be like, okay, I'm not looking at anything drag. I will look at my Instagram feed and that's it. But then, like, when I get in drag again after those types of breaks, I'm always like, okay, this is why I do it. 
This is a tea um, mama. Exactly. I think that's also just something that people don't realize. That, like, especially when it comes to like making relationships outside of drag. Drag is an important part of my life. I'm not gonna pull the strings and quit it completely just to like get with somebody or something like that. Which is something that like I'm not gonna lie, when I've talked to people who don't do drag, they're like, Well, why don't you just like hang drag up for a second and like do this? And I'm like, why am I people pleasing somebody else? You know? Oh yeah, it Please. makes sense. Why would you have to change yourself and who you are and what you do to, like you said, please somebody else? Like, I always think about um, when Cameron Michaels opened up on season 10 about how she was, yeah, like, every time I would get with somebody, like, I would, like, put the drag up and just, like, quit for a second. I always thought, like, before I did drag, seriously, I was like, that's crazy. Like, I, I couldn't imagine that, you know? And then now that I've, like, I'm doing drag almost full time now. It's just one of those things where I'm like, no, like, I, I I realize that. There are times where I think that, where I'm like, oh, if I put the track up, maybe the boy will like me. No, it's it's definitely just a part of me that the person's going to have to be stuck with. The person's going to have to enjoy baby, not stuck with. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Medusa's a lot to handle, so. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just a little, you're going to enjoy her, but you're still going to um, have to deal with her. <laughs> <laughs> Medusa, where can people find you in social media? I am pretty much just at Medusa Chaos on everything. I think on Twitter, I am at the Medusa Chaos because somebody decided to steal my name before I even started doing drag. How rude. Yeah, and my cash app and Venmo are at Medusa Chaos. <laughs> in case y'all feel generous. Or y'all can find me if you're in Charleston. I perform at the Hive in Ladson. It's technically not Charleston, but it's close enough. Um, it's quite literally just, I think, a mile over the Charleston district border. So it's not Charleston, but, it, you know, um, you can find me at the Hive and Ladson. I show direct at Frothy Beard in Charleston. Pretty much at every other pop-up show. Like, just keep in touch with me on social media if you want to see me perform. <laughs> yes, Mama, you'll find out. You'll find out. Just follow her on Instagram. She does her yeah. really sickening cosplay looks. So you're missing out if you're not. But again, thank yeah. you for being my guest. I really appreciate it. This was delightful to get to know you. I wish we were in person again, just painting and kicking. That'd be sickening. Yes, yes. Oh, that would be lovely. Maybe one day. Maybe one day for sure. One day when I... we grow our drag, <laughs> our platform. We grow. Yes. No, I. I'd love to. Like, thank you for having me. Sorry, it took forever for me to align my schedule. <laughs> Girl, it's fine. At least you got back to me. There's queens that read my message and they're like, crickets. No. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, please leave me a review. If you didn't like it, um, you can keep that for yourself. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>